Good morning, everyone. On this Sunday morning, we give thanks to God that we, we could be together as his children to worship our sovereign Lord and Savior. We warmly welcome all guests who have joined us this morning. Council has the following announcements. Nominated to the Office of Elder are the brothers Richard Beijan, Clancy Bauman, Carl Giesbrook, Gerald Ostemeyer, Timothy Sape, Garrett Van Dyke, and Brian Veer. Nominated to the Office of Deacon are the brothers Aaron DeBoer, Wesley DeWitt, Thomas Jansen, Stephen Koning, and David Vanderzweig. Election of office bearers will be held in the school gym directly after the May 7th morning worship service. Curtis DeHasse and Kaya DeLue have indicated their intention to be married in the Lord and to complete it to his glory. If no lawful objections are brought forward, the wedding will take place in St. Albert Canadian Reformed Church on May the 12th, the Lord willing, Reverend Vince Bronson officiating. Ryan and Kaylin Togritz with their son Silas have requested an attestation to the Devon Canadian Reformed Church. This morning's worship service will be led by Reverend Mark Tenhalf, pastor of the Providence Canadian Reformed Church here in Edmonton. Welcome, Reverend. In preparation for worship, we will praise our God with the singing of one of the songs sent to the churches for testing, Psalm 11, The Lord is My Refuge, stanzas 1, 3, and 4.
Congregation of the Lord Jesus Christ, as we come into the presence of the Lord to worship Him, if you are able, please stand out of respect for His majesty. It's fitting that we confess as we come together for worship that we do this not in our own strength, but in full dependence upon the Lord. And we confess that with these words from Psalm 124. Our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. Amen. Receive the gracious and loving welcome of the Lord into his presence with these words. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's respond to the greeting of our God by singing together hymn 82, stanzas 1 and 3. Hymn 82, stanzas 1 and 3. The last couple of lines that we sang there in hymn 82, out of the depths we sinners cry, have mercy on us, Jesus. We're very aware of the fact that we need to uh, speak these words to our God and our Lord, especially when we hear the commandments that he has given to us. This morning we'll hear God's, uh, the 10 words of the covenant that God has established with us from Exodus chapter 20. And as we do this, it's appropriate for us to understand why it is that we hear God's law every single week. And this is something that we confess in the Heidelberg Catechism in Lord's Day 44. We're asked, why does God have these commandments preached so strictly? And we're given two reasons. First of all, so that we are 
more and more aware of our sinful nature. We're more aware of the need that we have before God, the need we have of the forgiveness of all of our sins since we know that we've broken all of God's commandments. But then secondly, we hear God's law as those who have been given salvation through Jesus Christ. We've been forgiven all of our sins, and now we're able to hear God's law with joy and with thanksgiving as he teaches us how to live a new way of life in thankfulness to him. So we'll hear God's law from Exodus 20, and then we'll sing afterward from Psalm 6. We'll sing stanzas 1 and 2. It's a rather mournful, uh, penitent psalm, confessing our sins and asking for God's mercy. Exodus chapter 20, and God spoke all these words saying, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself a carved image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them or serve them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing steadfast love to thousands of those who love me and who keep my commandments. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter, your male servant or your female servant, or your livestock, or the sojourner who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Honor your father and your mother, that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his male servant or his female servant or his ox or his donkey or anything that is your neighbor's. We can recognize a twofold division in these Ten Commandments. The first part teaches us how to live, especially in relation to God Himself. And the second teaches us how to live, especially in relation to our neighbor. And that division is reflected in the teaching of Jesus Christ when He taught that the greatest commandment of all is that we must love the Lord our God with all our heart, with all our soul, and with all our mind. And the second commandment is similar to it. We must love our neighbor as ourselves. And so all of God's revelation, the law, the prophets, everything is summed up in this command to love. Let's respond now with Psalm 6, stanzas 1 and 2.
Let's come before our God in prayer together. Our Father in heaven, we come before you in prayer with hearts that are full of thanksgiving and gratitude, especially for the fact that we get to call you our Heavenly Father. We've heard your law just now, and your commands are perfect. Your command for us to love you and to love one another. And when we hear your commands, we are reminded of how far short of that standard of righteousness we have all fallen. We're conscious of the fact that you are a just and holy God, and your justice is not something you would or should ever compromise. And so, Heavenly Father, we know what our deeds deserve. We deserve nothing but to be cast away from your presence and to receive all the due penalty for all of our sins. And yet, we are thankful. We're thankful because you have declared to us your grace. We came into your presence this morning and we heard your wonderful words of welcome that we have grace and peace through our Lord Jesus Christ. So, Heavenly Father, we pray that you would not treat us as our sins deserve, that you would not repay us according to our iniquities, that you would remove our sins from us as far as the east is from the west. We confess our confidence and our trust in you that you have made it possible for this to occur. Our sins have been washed away through the blood of your Son, Jesus Christ. We pray, Heavenly Father, that you would proclaim your word to us on this day, that we would be amazed at the love and compassion that you show to us, lost sinners, that you would reconcile us to yourself, and may our hearts be glad and rejoice in the salvation that you have provided through your Son, in whose name we pray, amen. Let's open our Bibles together and... We'll read from two places in the New Testament. First of all, we'll read from the Gospel according to Luke. We'll read Luke 15, verses 1 through 10. And then we'll turn to the book of Hebrews after that. And then after the reading of God's Word in preparation for the sermon, we'll sing Psalm 119, stanzas 4, 5, and 6. So Luke chapter 15, this is on page 874 in the Pew Bibles. Luke 15, beginning at verse 1. Now the tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to hear him. And the Pharisees and the scribes grumbled, saying, This man receives sinners and eats with them. So he told them this parable, what man of you having a hundred sheep, if he has lost one of them, does not leave the 99 in the open country and go after the one that is lost until he finds it. And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and his neighbors, saying to them, rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep that was lost. 
Just so, I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. Or what woman, having ten silver coins, if she loses one coin, does not light a lamp and sweep the house and seek diligently until she finds it? And when she has found it, she calls together her friends and neighbors, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the coin that I had lost. Just so, I tell you, there is joy before the angels of God over one sinner who repents. So far, our reading from the Gospel according to Luke. We'll now turn to Hebrews chapter 12. This is on page 1008, 1008. Hebrews chapter 12, we'll read verses 1 through 13. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God." Consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself, so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. In your struggle against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood. And have you forgotten the exhortation that addresses you as sons? My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor be weary when reproved by him, for the Lord disciplines the one he loves." and chastises every son whom he receives. It is for discipline that you have to endure. God is treating you as sons. For what son is there whom his father does not discipline? If you are left without discipline, in which all have participated, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. Besides this, we have had earthly fathers who disciplined us, and we respected them. Shall we not much more be subject to the Father of spirits, and live? For they disciplined us for a short time, as it seemed best to them, but He disciplines us for our good, that we may share His holiness. For the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant, but later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Therefore, lift your drooping hands and strengthen your weak knees and make straight paths for your feet so that what is lame may not be put out of joint, but rather be healed. So far, a reading from the Word of God. Let's sing now together Psalm 119, stanzas 4, 5, and 6. (laughs) 